But one of the things that Ninja has that makes it very, very powerful is that you really bring some very specific behaviors that really are called upon people to execute that are tangible behaviors that they can do on a consistent basis and really see a material impact and change on their professional and personal lives. You call it the Ninja Nine. Yes. Okay. Walk us through the Ninja Nine, Larry, and you don't have to go in detail on every single one of them, but if you could just give us, because if folks, sure. if you want to have the details of the Ninja Nine, buy Larry's book. Okay. Yeah. Bottom line. But could you just tell them a little bit about each of these components and how that yes. really makes a difference? Yeah, Ninja Nine is core ninja. Uh, it's the basic thing that we teach. And it came from a study of very high producers. And, and I documented, what are they doing? And so here's the Ninja Nine. Number one, when you wake up in the morning, oh, and by the way, of the Ninja Nine, five are daily habits, four are weekly habits. Mm -hmm. And the five daily habits will only, only take you about 15 minutes a day. The four weekly habits will take you maybe two to four hours a week. So um, briefly going through the Ninja Nine, uh, Ninja habit number one, when you wake up, give thanks. Uh, go through your gratitudes, do your affirmations, uh, maybe do some positive reading, but basically get your energy in those positive energy quadrants, uh, get your vibe on, uh, get in a positive state of mind. Okay, let me stop you there for a second, if I could. Yes. And I don't mean to interrupt your flow, because I know you, you're on it, and, and that's important. But some people respond to the gratitudes and say, what in God's name does gratitudes have to do with my daily, as a leader, my daily work as a leader, as a salesperson? What? I, I don't see the connection. What do you say to those people? Uh, well, there's quite a bit of... Uh, of uh, and maybe we research need two, on this. Two I would more encourage hours. them to uh, Google uh, Robert Emons at the University of California at Davis. Uh, he's devoted his entire career pretty much to the study of the power of gratitude. In fact, if I could, if I could just uh, diverge for a minute and share Absolutely. a story on gratitude. You bet. <clears throat> so I'm teaching a ninja class in Savannah, Georgia, and we're covering ninja principle or ninja habit number one of the ninja nine, which is gratitude. This young woman uh, raised her hand and she said, can I say something about gratitude? In my past career, I was a clinical psychologist and I worked at one of the largest trauma centers in the United States. It's a trauma center in Atlanta. And people who are brought into a trauma center are people that have experienced horrific accidents. They've lost their legs or their eyes or they've been burned. And she said, the medical team there uh, the doctors were designed to try to help put their bodies back together. My team, our job was to try to put their mindset back together. Mm -hmm. So the first thing we did was we had them reframe the experience. You are not a trauma victim. You are a trauma survivor. There was this horrible accident. People died. You lost your legs, but you survived. You're a survivor. Mm -hmm. Right. <clears throat> the second Huge thing difference. they had, that, so they had them reframe that experience. And then they started them out on a gratitude journal. So they had to each day in their journal write down what they were grateful for. Well, some of the, some of the patients were so un, unhappy and so distraught uh, and so depressed, they refused to do the gratitude journals. Others did the journals, some did, some didn't. Mm -hmm. But the medical doctors could tell after 30 days 
which patients were doing the gratitude journals and which weren't because the ones doing the gratitudes, their bodies were healing. This and the ones who refused to do the gratitudes, their bodies weren't healing. And, so you know, we could devote an entire, uh, an entire session to just the power of gratitude. But um, if you read some of the research, if you, if you look at some of these uh, case studies, gratitude is a very powerful energy. Wow, that is huge material yeah. evidence that this is real. Yeah. So you want to start your day. Okay. So back to the Ninja Nine. Yeah. Okay. That's number, number one. Number two right. then is the power of time blocking. So you want to time block your day, time block your week, take control of your calendar, take control of your agenda. And one of the most important things in step two is to not open up your email or your phone. Wow. Because the minute you open that email or your phone, what happens? You're gone. You're on somebody else's agenda. Yep. Now, hang on a second. Let me, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Larry, I time block all the time, but I have very, very big difficulty in following up because, frankly, I, I time block, but it, it, I just time block and I never follow it. Respond to that. What do you tell the people like that? Because I face that all the time, and I know what I would tell them. I am eager to hear what you would say. Well, when I said, when I define time blocking, it's take your to-do list mm -hmm. and schedule a time to do it. Right. Okay. That's what different. I find is most people, if they put it on their calendar, they're more likely to do it. So what gets scheduled gets done. What gets scheduled gets done. That's the first step. Now, Very good. sometimes they allow themselves to get distracted or they allow themselves to uh, uh, violate that, that block of time, you know. Mm -hmm. But I watch, for example, a very top producing ninjas um, <clears throat> on their uh, weekly activities, that two to four hours a week, they have a time block for that. They have the door closed, they have their, their phones on do not disturb, and they are cranking it. They're and, uh, present. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> habit number three then is to write two personal notes. Really? Two personal notes? How does that make a difference? I'm kidding, of course, because I know the power of that. But tell The tell research people. shows that's the most powerful thing you can send to another human is a handwritten personal note. So, Isn't that something? And there's two, power, there's two powers in it. And it's becoming more powerful because fewer people are doing it. <laughs> so you stand head and shoulders above the rest. It's differentiating. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, uh, number one, it makes the person who receives the note feel great. But how does it make you feel when you write that note? It makes you feel great too. Mm -hmm. So there's a double benefit, right? Right. right. <clears throat> Number four then is to open up and take a look at your hot list. A hot list is a list of people who want to buy or sell. They know they want to buy or sell. They want to buy or sell with you and they want to buy or sell within the next 90 days. So you oh. open up that list and you go through name by name and you ask two questions. Question number one, who on this list wants to write a contract today? Do these people want to write a contract today? Or do they want to write a contract this week? <clears throat> or if you're in the mortgage industry, are they ready to, you know, do an application? Application or refinance or what have you, yes. This week, yes. Right. That should be your top priority. Don't lose sight of, of your priorities by getting distracted. This is the group you need to focus on this week. Now, you make mention in that that only a certain percentage of your entire database. First of all, you make mention that your database is your central nervous system, yes. bottom line. But you also make mention that a certain percentage of your database should be in your hot list. What is that percentage? 
it's actually that's a, a step or habit number five, Paul, which is your warm list. And that should be ah, 20% of your database. I am so glad that you, you clarified yeah. that for me. Thank but you. your hot list are people who are ready to go right now. Got it. So you ask number one, who's ready to write a contract? If nobody's ready to write a contract, second question, what is the next step for them to advance the sale? Mm -hmm. So for example, I'm working with a buyer. They want to buy in the next 90 days, but they're not approved for a loan. Well, the next step for them is we got to get them in to get see Paul. Approved. Right. And get it, you know, get the, the loan process going. Right, right. Uh, the fourth or the fifth habit then is the warm list. And the warm list is a list of people who want to buy or sell, but they may not know they want to buy or sell, but you know they want to buy or sell mm -hmm. because you're observing the changes going on in their lives. You're observing, for example, that they're sitting there on a five and a half percent mortgage they ought to refinance. They don't know, they haven't thought about it, but when you make that phone call, they'll probably want to do something. Or in real estate, we see that that last child has left the nest or a, maybe a, an elderly parent has moved back into their, their house or maybe they just got engaged. There's some sort of life event that they're probably going to want to do something in the next 12 months, in the next year. And about 20% of your database should be on your warm list. So if you have a database of 500 people, you should or 500 households, you should have about 100 of those households on your now, warm list. Let, let's let's develop this a little bit because this is where I think that there's a huge gap in my experience. Um, I think that there are a lot of people out there that have not had the privilege or the the opportunity to actually go through Ninja, that are responsive or reactive to the market. In other words they have somewhat of a one-dimensional value proposition. When there is a change of interest rate, they will contact the individual and say, by the way, interest rates went down 50, 75 basis points, do you want to refinance? Yes. But what you're talking about is actually taking one step further and begin to really help the client, the buyer, the seller, or the person that's going to be the borrower, help them discover things that clearly are going to be to their benefit, but that they have not thought about because of their own busyness and yet it would take either the real estate agent or the mortgage professional to help them accomplish that. So this is a big quantum leap between just the conventional interest rates, hello, do you want to refinance or now would be a good time and really helping them discover. This is, this is a very important part of Ninja, is it not? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <clears throat> and and uh, Ninja habit number five, your warm list is, is really the key to that. Right. Uh, we provide a 16-question uh, a uh, format, a uh, template, if you will. Uh, you bring somebody into your consciousness. You bring that family into your mind. And then you ask these 16 questions. And you do this on your own? Yes. For example, a question might be, um, they've had a change in family size the last year. So they had a baby. They've increased family size or they've had a child move out of the nest. They've had a decrease in family size. If they've had that uh, event happen with them, then you put the, put, a, put the number of that question beside their name. And you work your way on through the 16 questions. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the names with the most uh, numbers out to the side have the highest what we call move score. They've got the most change going on in their lives. There is a very strong likelihood that they're going to need to make some sort of change in their real estate in the next year. Right. 
And that, that, that's huge. And I, I can see how that would be so effective. Another question that you have, in addition to the ones that you've outlined, that I think is incredibly powerful um, is, you know, uh, people accumulate certain levels of equity in their properties, okay? Or the economic trends in a particular uh, um, metropolitan area may be fairly strong. And one of the questions that you present, which is, uh, I think, spot on, is, you know, with the strength of the market, how does your home or how does your house play a role in your financial planning or something to that effect? Yes. I have to tell you, that is probably one of the most powerful questions that I have ever heard somebody ask a potential client because it really opens up. And every time that I share that with people, I tell them, I say, you need to look at the Ninja book because just, I told you this before, but I just want to tell uh, our, our listeners, as a coach, I give the Ninja book to every single client that, is, that I coach in sales. Well, thank you. Uh, no, for sure, because that is a great frame of reference. And we talk about that, that question. That question, I have had feedback said, Paul, I never thought of asking that question. And when I did, it was astonishing to see the yeah. response of people that say, good heavens, I never thought about that. You know, Paul, that is one of the five, what we call magic questions. Yes. I love and those questions. Maybe we should go down those right quick. Please do. Um, please do. Because I think that, folks, now, stop a second. Put this on hold. I want you to grab a piece of paper. And I want you to listen to Larry Kendall give you these five questions. Because if you were to begin to execute the implementation of these questions in your sales process. When you start talking about talking to your clients, ask these questions. I dare you to tell me that it will not make a difference because it does. Larry, please take it. Well, as we said earlier, the key is uh, asking good questions, asking them in the right order, um, being Socratic. And so, um, and again, practicing the, uh, the 80-20 rule where your client does 80% of the talking and you do 20% of the, of the talking. We always want to start with what we call the Ford questions, family, occupation, recreation, and dreams. So the segue into the five magic questions is to start with the Ford question. So I'll usually mm -hmm. start with, hey, how's the family? And aren't these the topics that most people love to talk about? They love to talk about their yeah, family exactly. or occupation, how's business Yes. or recreation. What are you doing for fun mm -hmm. or dreams? Dreams is a category, anything about the future. So, Hey, what are your plans for the holidays or your daughter's graduating high school this year? What are her, what are her future plans? So and these are great start, ways to connect. Well, and you know what else, Paul, those Ford questions, family, occupation, recreation, and dreams are the four core areas of most people's lives. Isn't that interesting? Nothing's more important to them than their family, their career, what brings them joy, their hopes and their dreams. And if there's a change that starts to occur in one of those four areas, it usually affects their real estate. <clears throat> so ninjas don't go asking, you know, anybody wants to buy or sell real estate? Do you want to buy or sell real estate? No. How's the family? How's business? <laughs> what are you guys doing for fun? You know, what are your plans for the summer? So we start with the Ford questions. And I usually segue into the, the five magic questions by uh, starting with family. So how's the family? I haven't seen you guys for, and I'll talk a little bit about their family. And then I'll say, uh, how's the house working out for you? Mm -hmm. And um, I'll talk a little bit about their house. 
And then the first magic question, which is a conversation starter is, well, by the way, what are your long-term plans for that house? And they'll get this dreamy look in their eyes and they go, well, I, I think we're probably good for the next three or four years until our daughter graduates. And then we might want to do something different. We might want to get <clears throat> something smaller or we might want to move to a different area, mm -hmm. which leads then into the second magic question. If you could wave a magic wand and live anywhere, where would that be? Again, they get kind of a dreamy look in their eye and they almost always have a spot. They have a neighborhood or they have a type of house and they start to describe it. Well, you know, we'd love to live in such and such neighborhood. We'd love to have a house that's, <clears throat> they describe the house. That leads then to question number three. Well, with the low interest rates right now, um, have you thought about doing that sooner than later? <clears throat> or with the low interest rates right now, are you living in your dream home? Dream home. Uh, with the low interest rates right now, are you living in the home you want to be in? With the low interest rates right now, um, are, you, <clears throat> are you living in your forever home? The fourth uh, magic question that's a conversation starter is, <clears throat> is real estate a part of your wealth plan? I love that question. Most that people, if they've, if they've lived in their house five or 10 years, they've got great equity. It's been a good investment for them. And <clears throat> you could then explore the idea of investment property for them. But Larry, here's what I found. Most people have not correlated the, the effective application of equity to their wealth planning. They know they have it. Yeah. Okay? But when I sit down with them and I ask them these questions, and I just sort of taking these questions out for, for, for a test drive, and I said, what do you mean? The equity for my wealth planning? I said, yeah. Think about it. I said, wow, Paul, that's amazing. And this is what I mean, the power, what a simple question and how powerful. So please go ahead. Well, I, I ask them, uh, uh, has your home been a good investment for you? And, and if they say yes, I ask this question. I say, well, what would happen if you had 10 of them? <laughs> and they, <laughs> they start to dream about what uh, their life would be like. Uh, question number five uh, is, what are the dreams for your kids? And what I'm finding today is, the question is, what are your dreams for your grandkids? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe their kids are grown and so it's, it's their grandkids. Almost always they'll say something about college. Well, I want my kids to be able to go to college. Well, what we all know is that college debt is at a record high. And <clears throat> the best way to pay for college, in my opinion, is to buy an investment property when the children are young, put it on a 15-year loan. And when they're ready to uh, uh, graduate high school, that property is paid for, and they can probably go to any college they want to go to. Isn't that so, amazing? Uh, we and have a little uh, brochure on that. And here's the thing that I, I find very interesting. This has helped, I think, a number of people that I know of to start looking at themselves differently. Because those five magic questions have a very direct correlation to the self-awareness of either the real estate professional or the mortgage professional in how they see themselves vis-a-vis -vis the borrower or the, or the buyer. In other words, as a trusted advisor. Yes. And they, they start becoming relevant. They start becoming really, you know what? I'm so glad I talked to Larry because he's asked me these questions and now I have been able to discover certain things that I had not even thought about. Right. So those five magic questions, folks, I hope you took notes. 
Okay. As a matter of fact, this is one of the things we're going to do. We're going to include those five, with your permission, Larry. Sure. In, in the actual description of the podcast, we're going to include those five magic questions because if you do that, you will have made a material impact on the positive side through your sales career. Let's go back to Ninja Nine, if you would. Okay. I'm so sorry, gotten, you're going to say something. Yeah, we've gone through the first five, and I think yes, sir. <clears throat> probably our our viewers are realizing that Ninja is very systems oriented. So we very have much the, so. the five magic questions. We have the Ford questions. We have the Ninja Nine. We have the <clears throat> the 16 step seller process, the 10 step buyer process, um, the four step sales consultation process. Right. We're very process driven because what we know is if we can, if we can develop a system that will give us predictable results, that's what we want. Of course. And predictable results, regardless of the market that we're in, regardless of the personality of the, uh, of the ninja or the salesperson. So <clears throat> we've gone through the, uh, five daily habits. Let's go through the four weekly habits. So okay. on the four weekly habits, I would recommend that you time block a set time each week, at least an hour, preferably two hours, uh, to go through uh, the next habits. Habit number six then is what we call your client service calls. <clears throat> so you want to call, if you're in real estate, you want to call all of your sellers. Give them an update on what happened that week uh, uh, as far as showing on their property, uh, what's happening in their neighborhood, what is sold, what the competition is, give them an update. You want to also call all of your buyers, both your active buyers and your under contract buyers. Mm -hmm. You also want to call anybody who has uh, referred you business to give them an update on that referral. How often do we give somebody a referral and we never hear back? <clears throat> we actually have a process for how you follow up with the referrals. Uh, that's step number six is your client service calls. Step number seven is your uh, weekly real estate reviews. We recommend that you have two live real estate reviews per week. You can do more than that by phone or by, uh, uh, by mail, but you, we want to have at least two that are, are live, face-to-face. -face. And uh, these would be in the mortgage industry, a mortgage review. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and, uh, uh, you know, in, in real estate, a real estate review is to give them a, an update on the market, an overview of the market. And what we find is 33% um, of the time, if you have a face-to-face -face real estate review, um, a transaction will come out of it a third of the time. Yeah. And usually it's a referral. You know what um, I like about it is that there are a number of people, some of, some of whom may be listening, that are experiencing what we would call call reluctance. And the call reluctance is for a number of different reasons, everything ranging from uh, rejection and, and maybe lack of preparedness, lack of a system. But when you start making the service call, it's a little, first of all, it's much warmer of a call. And you profess this very strongly to say, start with the people that you know when you start selling in your yes. okay? And this is, folks, this is a great opportunity. Begin with your service calls and you will see how this can translate into incremental business because you're going to be more comfortable. You're going to actually flow more efficiently and you're going to see what Larry is referring to, which is the results of a transaction as a result of you bringing value because you talk a lot about value in your process. So please continue and, let, and let's wrap up uh, the Ninja 9. <laughs> on those, on those uh, customer service calls, they love to hear from us. In fact, one of the biggest objections that sellers have about real estate people is 
Well, they listed my house and then I haven't heard from them. And so they're going to love the fact that uh, uh, that you're going to be calling them every week with an update. And here's what happens when you time block this and they know they're going to hear from you. All of your buyers, all of your sellers, everybody's going to hear from you. Let's say Mondays between 9 and 11 a.m. It reduces the interrupting calls that you get them through the week where they're calling you. Correct. In fact, the philosophy of a ninja is this. If you're actively involved with somebody in a, in a real estate transaction, if they ever call you first, you're failing. You need to call them first. You need to be the proactive trusted advisor, calling them first. So right. habit number six is the uh, customer service calls. Habit right. number seven then is the real estate reviews or the mortgage reviews. Right. During the mortgage review or the real estate review, we ask the five magic questions. Excellent. So that's a nice place Excellent. to That's a great context. I'm glad yep. you clarified that. On, uh, on habit number eight then, we believe that this is a contact sport, that you need to have 50 live interviews a week, okay? Define Not an interview calls. because sometimes people get so intimidated by that. Said so 50, are you kidding me? Break it down, folks. Break yeah. it down. So go ahead. So when we break it down, uh, first of all, these are not sales calls. These are interviews. Right. In the interview, you're simply asking Ford question. How the family? How's business? What are you guys doing for fun? What are your plans for the weekend or the summer? And you listen for change in those four areas. If there's some sort of change going on, it could affect their real estate. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Getting 50 live interviews a week is really, uh, is really easy. First of all, all your customer service calls count. So if you have, let's say, five listings and four buyers, that's nine right there. <clears throat> your real estate reviews count. Well, you did two live real estate reviews, those count. <clears throat> if you're calling anybody to wish them happy birthday or happy anniversary on the purchase of their home, those count. If you have an open house and seven people come through, that counts as seven. You go to the game and you meet three friends, that counts as three. Yeah. You come out of church and run into a couple of, of your friends, that counts as two. It's very easy to get 50 a week. And if you break it down into small portions, you know that you can get there because they probably- Oh, absolutely. Day. So. In fact, if you have your CRM set up properly, Half of those will automatically populate for you. You need to make all your customer service calls. You've got to set up your real estate reviews. You've got to call everybody and wish them happy birthday. Right. You've got to call everybody and wish them happy anniversary. Mm -hmm. You'll have fifty. You'll have twenty-five of the fifty right there. And then, and then habit number nine is have a set time each week to update your database. database. Uh, most is most people. Huh, the database. <laughs> is your central nervous system. Yeah. There was a study done by a, a company called Efficiency by Design, and what they found was in real estate, 60% uh, of real estate people had no database at all. They didn't even have a box of scraps of paper and business cards, they had nothing. And the 40% who had anything made 251% more money. I find it astounding. And please, folks, don't get upset. Don't send me uh, little texts on this, that we would have a sales professional that may not have a database. If you take nothing from Larry's interview, which I hope you've taken a lot, 
take that database is going to be the foundation on which you can build an extraordinary successful practice. Absolutely. This is amazing. Ninja Nine, this is great. I want to shift gears for, and, and, and you have been incredibly generous with your time, Larry. Uh, so we don't, we don't want to take much more of it, but give us a little bit of the reality of what's going on in the real estate industry right now. I know that, you know what, uh, there's so many real estate agents that go out there and frankly, they don't even know how to spell Ninja and they'd never heard of it or anything like that. Yeah. And they just simply don't pull it off. Give us some of the statistics that you shared with me a few days ago, uh, which frankly, they're, they're somewhat sobering. You know, and, and, and please tell us what you think is going on in the mentality of these people that are joining the real estate industry and what they're not doing or what they are doing. Well, right now, I think that the last numbers I saw is there's about 1.4 million uh, realtors that are serious enough about it. They join the national, state, and local realtor associations. In addition, there's about another 1.1 million licensees who have a real estate license, but they have chosen not to join the National Association of Realtors or the mm -hmm. state or the local. So there's really about 2.5 million people running around with a real estate license. And the odds of them being successful, that is, let's take the 1.4 million that are in the uh, Realtor Association. The odds of them making it uh, through their first year is uh, about 17%, about 83% will wash out in the first year. That is to say, we, we track that because they don't renew their, uh, uh, their membership the next year. Uh, they uh, are out of the business. So the odds are about 17% of making it through the first year, and then about half of those wash out in the second year. So really the odds of, uh, of uh, coming into this business, being able to make it a career, and, and be in it for two years or more is about eight and a half percent. And I think- Amazing numbers. They are. Part of the reason is a lot of the people who come into our industry, um, they think it's easy. They think it's easy money. And they really don't have the respect for our industry that's necessary. Our industry is a, a fairly complicated, I, I like to say it's a very hard, easy business. I mean, it's a very easy business to get in. It looks pretty easy. You know, a four-door car and a smile, that's basically all you need. And a computer maybe today uh, to be successful. <laughs> but when you look at the communication skills required, the negotiating skills, mm -hmm. the marketing skills, the legal uh, uh, skills in the sense of uh, contract law and all of that, you throw that together, it's, a it's more complicated than a lot of people realize and they're not really prepared for it or willing to commit themselves to, to the discipline that it takes to really learn this business. If you do, the opportunities are almost unlimited. Yeah, and, and, and here's, here's the one thing I would, uh, folks, I would encourage you to consider. Like anything, if you're going to do something, you need to apply the associated disciplines, consistency, systems, and preparation. What we have here is a system that basically brings all those four aspects and puts them into a tidy little package that you can make accessible to you, yourselves over the span of four years, or four years, four days, four years, four days. 
And the numbers don't lie. You have people that have gone through the Ninja installation and they invest in themselves for short days in the context of all the times that you're going to be systematically engaging and, and trying to sell and so forth, four days is nothing. And yet you're going to walk away with something that's so compellingly impactful that it will definitely redefine the way that you do business. And as a result of that, the way that you do your life. I recommend that you pause for a minute and look at Larry's, I, I think it's ninja.com, is that correct? Uh, ninjaselling.com. Ninjaselling.com. Yes. Pause for a second. If just if not compelled by anything else, compelled by curiosity, check out the site. I also encourage you to pick up Larry's book. You can pick it up on Amazon. Okay. Uh, it's in both in hardcover and in Kindle versions. I have both of them. Okay. And I will tell you folks that even if you scan the book, you will bring material things with you that you can apply almost immediately that will give you, in fact, that kind of result. Paul, Larry, I might mention too that the, uh, the audio version of the book will be out within the next two weeks. Who's narrating that? Yeah. You? I am, yeah. Of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Larry, you're a prince among men, sir. I appreciate well, it so, so very much. You have shared so much. As a matter of fact, if you listen to this entire interview, you probably had a mini course of Ninja right on the spot. But I think it's a very simple sampling of some of the things that once you go through the course that you would engage in and that you would experience, it's something that you will soon not forget. Larry Candle, thank you so very much. You are a gentleman. Uh, can we invite you back? I would love to come back, Paul. And thank you for inviting me to be on your program. It oh, means a lot to me. It is my Appreciate pleasure. You. And one of the things that we are working on, and folks, I'm going to get a little bit ahead of myself here. Uh, I have a really good acquaintance, as, and Larry has a friendship with this gentleman. His name is Bob Berg. He is the author of a book called The Go-Giver. And Larry gives away, you give away that book in, in your installations, correct? Yeah, we've given away now uh, between thirty and 40,000 of those books. Well, I, I, I can't keep up with those numbers, but I've given away maybe 500. <laughs> good for you. Uh, because I love the book and I've spent some time with Bob and one of the things that we're, we're striving to achieve is a I think this would be one of the landmark interviews to have actually both Bob and Larry and folks will keep you abreast of what's going on with that because we're, we're reaching out to, to, uh, to Bob to see if we can make that happen Larry thank you so much God bless you for being available to all of us take care be well Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us at the High Performance Business Solutions Podcast. We hope that you have gained some value. Take care and be well. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. And if you are on iTunes, please leave us a review. Take care and be well.